Welcome to decaf on what I am sure is the hottest day of the year so far. Mark is laughing at me because I'm in here dying because all I've had to drink today is hot coffee and I'm fanning myself in our office as we do this. Isn't the worst thing drinking hot, like you need hot coffee, but when you drink hot coffee and it's hot outside, you're like, I'm sweating so much, but I still want more of it. It's just the worst kind of feeling. Yes. I've recently not liked iced coffee. I feel like it tastes like dirt, like like iced dirt and hot coffee's the move, but I'm wearing long sleeves and I am like, I keep telling Mark, I'm absolutely boring right now. Let me suggest this to you. Actually, I'm having this. This is called Highball and it's like a healthy energy drink. It's I love like okay, so that's like a good thing because it's like, it's kind of the seltzer taste and it's kind of refreshing when it's cold out. So like, I feel like that can take the place of hot coffee, but it isn't as bad for you as like normal energy drinks. That's what I need because there's no sugar in it, right? It's just like- No, like, no total. sugar at all. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it like, and it's re- it's still pretty refreshing. Like, I think that's the answer. Because you're right. I, also, when it's hot, ice coffee doesn't like quench my thirst in any way. You know, no. it's just kind of like yeah. makes my stomach hurt. Like, it's just not. It's just not a good situation. Yeah, I'm out on that. Okay, I'm gonna get some. You can get the highball at Whole Foods, right? Uh, I get it from Amazon. Just delivered to my house, but probably. I like the way you think, Mark. Never leave the house. Never say that again. Just repeat that one time so everyone can hear that. I will never, and you can quote me on this, stitch it on a pillow, engrave it on my tombstone. I will never say it again. I'm going to keep this just for when you say it again. I can't just wait. Just like have it. a button of me saying, yeah, yeah, that's right. what do you think, Mark? Gosh, I'll never say it again. Um, okay, so big news this week. I actually saw a meme about this the other day. Of It was like a cartoon of... Fauci and Hillary Clinton in class together and it showed Hillary Clinton passing a note to Fauci and he opened it and said delete your emails. Fauci's emails <laughs> Fauci's emails have been acquired. They were acquired through a FOIA request from I think it was BuzzFeed, right? Yeah, and, yeah BuzzFeed and the Washington Post, I think. And it's just so funny because all of the media, there's like a very mark. There's like a very <laughs> Mark's like I brought up a Fauci article on CNN and they just started playing this thing. Oh, I thought you were looking at the sports scores. Um, all all of a sudden, uh, Fauci's emails. I didn't even know that this was even possibly going to come out, but my phone starts blowing up the other day with all of these news articles, and it's just so predictable. It's all of the right side arg- arguments. All the right side outlets are saying. Masks never worked. Masks, blah, 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 blah. All the left side arguments are saying, poor Fauci, he didn't like all the pressure. And I can't. Yeah, and, and the CNN thing said, like, oh. everything he said publicly is exactly the same as what was in his emails. That's what they're that's what they're saying. I know. And so it's interesting what people can get from things that are in black and white. Like, I can feel sorry for him and have sympathy that he didn't like the spotlight. But I also read in black and white that he, um, said that masks didn't work but then he's also got a book deal so like did he like the spotlight did he not like it's just all very um is that a question i feel like he loves the spotlight i feel like that's his whole thing i feel like he loves the attention that's why i mean he does every interview possibly getting on every show he can i think that maybe i'm wrong but like i feel like he's so to me he's so unlikable because i feel like he he revels in this he loves being he loves getting attention yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. I can I can see that. I actually stopped watching. I haven't watched the news since like May of last year. Like I just stopped watching it. And every time someone says Fauci this or Fauci that, I have no clue what they're talking about because I just stopped watching it because it started getting on my nerves. So maybe he does. You you probably watch it more than me. But the the whole thing is his emails are out there now. And 
I think maybe he is going to catch some heat. I don't know if they're going to investigate him. Judicial Watch tweeted out earlier. Do you think that Fauci should stand trial for some of his flip-flopping and whatever? I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Well, so at least from what I understand, and I've read a decent amount of this, um, my opinion is that it seems like he didn't do anything criminally wrong from, from what I understand, but that he should probably be fired. If I mean, I think you could argue he should have been fired way before this. But the, the whole issue is that he just is, I mean, and it's not just these emails. He has changed his mind throughout the whole thing, right? Because, I mean, the, the whole mass, and the, the thing that's actually hard with these emails, you can't always tell if it's from him or from somebody else to him. So much of it was redacted. Because they, they, they had an email saying that, uh, what is it? Hydrochloroxide works. And, but that wasn't actually, that was actually from someone else, not from him. Um, so like there, there's a lot of different misinformation even out there about now. The, the one thing that seems pretty clear is that out of everything else, the mass thing was kind of early on when he said, it, he said it works, it does work, but it's not, you know, as effective as it should be. And like for, for people who don't have it, it's not going to be a huge deal. Um, but he clearly was dishonest when Rand Paul questioned him. That's the biggest thing I took away from that um, about two different things about this idea that it, it, it couldn't have come from a Chinese lab and basically said it, it's impossible. Like when, when he testified and that to me was the biggest issue is that he, he had information to the opposite, at least that it could have done that. Um, and he acted like Rand Paul was the idiot there, which is insane. Like, so, so I, I think that he, and, and the whole idea of what this whole, um, I forget what it's called, but that, that, that what's it called? What they're talking about like when the virus can jump from animals to there's some, there's a three word term like for it. cross something. Yeah. yeah, Whatever that I can't think of the name now, but whatever that is, it's really clear that he, he asked about that when he said, Oh no, the Wuhan lab doesn't do that. And he said that specifically in testimony. And he basically said the opposite in these emails. So those were the two biggest, like clear, because they weren't flip-flops. It wasn't him saying one thing and then kind of changing over time. It was him knowing something. And after he knew that, intentionally lying to Congress. I, I mean, he either forgot or he lied to Congress. But I, I, I think that it's hard to believe. I think you could argue that he should have been fired anyway, even if you're not kind of right at center. I think that this, to me, nobody's going to listen to him anymore. I, I don't think anybody except for the far left who going to listen to anybody who, the, who the, like the Biden administration was up there. It's tough to trust this guy. And I think he's after, I mean, I think he's after attention. I think that's what he wants, but there's no doubt that these emails make him look bad. And kind of, if, if you see kind of media on the left trying to justify to say, that's exactly what he said publicly, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with what he said. So you can't defend him completely on this. I, I think it's, it's not shocking, um, but it, it does, it is damning. I'm glad somebody filed a, a freedom of information request. Sometimes we forget we can do that. When they're government officials, you can do that as long as they use their, their government email. I know. Unlike right. Hillary. But. Unlike Hillary. Yeah, they had to, they, people got a little sneaky uncovering hers. Yeah, um, yeah that was, uh, it, it's pretty shady. I'm interested to see what happens. I do, you know, my tender heart feels bad for him because he is a really hardworking medical professional who's really specialized in this field for a long time and definitely has credibility, but I think he's. How does he have credibility there? Just because he has a title? Well, he, he's worked really hard on all these infectious disease teams. Over yeah, time. I, there's a lot of NBA players who work, or there's a lot of guys who work really hard at basketball. They're not in the NBA because they're not good at what they do. So this whole idea that he, I, I don't think he has credibility. I think that you could say he has a, a, a long career, but that's not the same thing as credibility, in my opinion. And it doesn't, that's not the same thing as him being this top guy. I, I don't, I, there's, I understand what you're saying. Like the working hard though, to me is like, that might be a sign that he's personally a hard worker, but it's not a sign that he's credible. This is why I need you in my life, Mark. I'm a little too tender. And you, uh, you toughen me up. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Down with Fauci. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, wow, are you really <laughs> looking at the pitchforks out pretty soon now? <laughs> I'm swinging from one side to the other really quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I will ask you this. I don't know if this had come out by the time you did this, but did you talk about any of this on Overcaffeinated with our girl Shoshana the other day? We did not. It was kind of, we talked about it a little bit. We kind of talked about how the COVID stuff changed and kind of talked about the report that Ron did, but we didn't talk completely about it. We just talked about the lockdowns and basically how they were generally ineffective and the, and the deaths and, and the cases were essentially the same or close to the same, not exactly in the, in the states that shut down, but the economic ramifications were horrible for those yeah. states. But it was, it was a really great interview with her otherwise. Yeah, our friend Shoshana Weissman came on over caffeinated this week. It's going to air on Monday on Facebook Live. We're really excited that we had her. She's been a bud of ours for a, a few years now in the network. She's one of the most Twitter famous people that I personally know. And um, she is obsessed, as we all are, with 90s culture. She loves SpongeBob. She, uh, and we love her for it and for all of her opinions and hot takes. Mark, what were some of the hot takes that y'all addressed on the show before we get to the fun stuff? Give us a little tease. Well, well she first of all, she went down she went down a rabbit hole in SpongeBob and saying how it was really good in the first three seasons. She really went in detail about SpongeBob and how it's gotten worse, but it's still great. Um, no, I think that the one that actually uh, maybe a lot of our listeners might disagree with is they talk about two, Section 230 quite a bit. And, uh, and she is for Section 230. And I mean, really, Justin was too. But you got to see the explanation for why they think that. It's obviously they agree with the whole idea that uh, it's not good that conservatives censor. But if, if the solution's worse than the problem, that's not a good thing either. So it's interesting hearing that. Um, yeah, the 90s stuff was really great. And honestly, hearing Shoshana's, uh, and again, she is like, she's incredible on Twitter. She's got a foul mouth, but she says what she thinks. And like, and she has been really like credited by a lot of mayors, uh, state legislatures, governors for helping them doing the research behind them passing occupational licensing, which we love. Yeah, um, she was really great, but you, she yeah, Governor Ducey in Arizona, man, they really worked hard on licensing reform, and Arizona is like leading the charge on licensing reform, and she's kind of right there with them, and it's it's pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, and she's actually done a lot for the the recent bill that was that that was introduced in the legislature, which kind of took the Tennessee right to right to earn a freedom act and right to earn a living act. And then made that there. So, I mean, she's done a great job and she, but her, her story is like, really, she's just a very, you know, genuine person, um, really no filter. Um, but I mean that in a good way. Like she talks about her life. She talks about bowel issues. She has, I mean, she's very, very, but like in, in a way that she's so authentic. And, and I mean, she's very smart. And I think that even though some of our listeners may disagree, I mean, she's kind of a, a full-blown libertarian, in my opinion, but like, you might not completely agree with her, her Section 230 stuff, but it's worth a listen for sure, because yeah. she really gave a lot of things, and she's uh, she's not in the same 90s culture we are, though. That, that surprised me. Is she younger than us? I think she's younger than us, but like, she's like, it's not that she, she's like, oh, I don't think it's very good. She didn't like, she says that 90s movies and, and TV shows are not very good. What? I was like, oh man, we love it. I know it's surprising because she's like, what? there's not much I'd want to read. She said SpongeBob and South Park are the only two she could think of. No, no. I, 90s movies are incredible. Can't hardly wait. I watched Can't Hardly Wait for the first time the other night. Perfect. Scream. That is a good movie. It's Smash House on that uh on that soundtrack. Yes. I mean, <laughs> what about the 90s is there not to love? I mean, I dress like she doesn't love it. I I, I, I don't think she I, I dress like I'm in the 90s. Yeah, I don't, I guess that's true. I mean, what, I mean, what did you ask her about specifically? You act like you're in your 90s. Shut up. I mean, I do. No, I mean, she just doesn't like the movies. 
she doesn't like the the movies. I think she's okay with the music, but she's like the she didn't feel like the television or movies were very well done and. It was interesting talking to her. And like, here's the other problem. I asked a bunch of food questions. Like, oh, do you like like gushers or dungaroos? Do you like, do you like the, uh, like what are those little pizza lunchables or, or, uh, but she doesn't, she's a, like, I guess she grew up as a hippie, which I didn't realize. So she didn't eat any of that stuff. So I was like asking questions. Like, I don't really know. She, I don't eat cereal. I'm like, well, what? I, I can't, but it's interesting. She kind of, I, I said, it's funny. She grew up the opposite of I did where like, it seemed like her parents were very hippies, very into like, you know, earth. And, and I remember I, I told you already like that my, my dad wouldn't let me watch Captain Planet. So it's like, it was kind of the opposite of, which I brought up, which is funny, but no, she was, she was great. But yeah, the nineties stuff and, and she does not like the same nineties. I don't think at least movies that we do. Well, I love nineties movies. I would still eat Lunchables every day if it was socially acceptable. They are gross. I mean, I liked them at the time, but they were oh, not good. Don't lie. Those pizza Lunchables are incredible. They're really not. It's this gross sauce on like four pieces of cheese. Like I, I, I liked it at the time. I'm not like, I'm not trying, like it was so cool when you brought it to school, but as an adult, they're not actually good. I used to eat all the parts separately. Like I would not eat the red sauce and I would just eat the cheese and then just the pepperonis and then just the bread. I used to eat it all like separately. That actually sounds better than the way they did it. I actually like that better because I didn't like the sauce. Like I'd rather yeah. just do like a pepperoni and cheese like pita or something. Yeah, Saturday night, my friends and I made pizzas and I bought the groceries. And as I was unloading all of the groceries, I just got handfuls of cheese. I was just like eating handfuls of cheese, which was like the best. I'm, I'm, I'm a big like eat the shredded cheese straight out of the bag thing. That's probably why I'm still single. One of many reasons. I feel like if anything, that's a positive value. You should you should brag about that. I think people like that. Yeah. Hey, hey boys. <laughs> I eat the shredded cheese. Watch me eat some cheese, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like a real millennial. Oh, I think you'd be, I think people would like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's an eligible bachelor listening who will like that you try yeah. to eat the Very cheese. <laughs> the only appealing thing about me, according to Mark. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that I I don't know that probably I should know as a millennial is anything about basketball. So I'm gonna let Mark take this segment on the Memphis Grizzlies. Evidently, they were supposed to win and they didn't. Is that correct? <laughs> Wrong. Oh, not, no, not correct at all. That's the opposite excellent. of what I said. Oh, right. They, well, no, they were supposed to lose and they did. Oh, they were supposed to lose and they did. Oh, that's sad, Mark. They did, but they put, okay. So yeah, so, so basically the Jazz played the Grizzlies. That's who they put in the first round. Oh, um, But the Grizzlies were, were, yeah, the Grizzlies were like expected. I mean, they, they played way tougher and way better than anybody expected. They played, I mean, the Jazz are the number one seed in the whole playoffs. They won game one, which was kind of shocking. I was obviously not happy at all about that. Uh, but they really played with like heart and guts and kind of, they, they really overachieved despite losing four to one. And a lot of people, I've been reading a lot of the Memphis publications, like they really have a bright future because they were the youngest team in the playoffs. Oh. They weren't really, they, they won the play-in tournament to even get in. And they really, they, they, they made, I think, Memphians and, and Tennesseans proud. They played really well. I was happy because I like the Grizzlies and I'm glad they played well, but of course, I'm also glad the Jazz won. Of course, I went to one Jazz playoff game. That's the one they lost out of the, uh, the, the five that, that were played. But um, no, as, as a Tennessean, uh, I'm way more excited about the Jazz, but it, it was great to see the Grizzlies playing one. And they've kind of been irrelevant for a number of years. So it's cool that I feel like they're kind of coming back up. It's one of those things where like, if you like as an Alabama fan, like when you, when you can kind of see this, the tide start from tide start to turn. Um, but like when you kind of saw when Saban started, you're like, Oh man, wait, we might actually be good in a couple of years. That's what it feels like is happening right now for the Grizzlies. They have a good coach and they have a lot of unheralded players. 
And another cool thing, when I was in Utah, I don't think I saw this. I'd say this. I got to, I, I got to talk to Jonas Valanciunas, who's the starting center. And I saw, and I met Jaron Jackson's um, mother and, and talked to her as one of the star players. And she was so nice. And she's like, what are you doing here? What do you mean you're from Tennessee? So Jaron, but Jaron Jackson's mom was great. And, uh, and I guess, yeah. And it was just a cool, it was a cool experience. It's not like so small that they were just walking around. That's so uh, awesome. But yeah, but, but I like the Grizzlies future. I think that John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, they have a really good core of guys who like, they're just kind of those pale, the, like the lunch pail guys who you cheer for because they work so hard. And the talent might not be quite as much as some of these other teams, but they really, the whole team, they work hard. And they're kind of the reason I started liking the Jazz in the first place. Really? And I feel like they have a lot of that in them. So I, I like, I like the team. Well, go Grizzlies. I don't know anything. Next year. Yeah, next year. Um, I do know, though, that Duke's coach, who you told me not even to try to say his name. Wait, no, please please say his name the way you I said it. It's like Przgevsky. Uh, no, that was way worse than you said it. Well, because you've said it since then. It has yeah, so many yeah. in it. I don't know. Coach K. Yeah, Coach Krzyzewski. I think you said Chris Mazowski or something. I don't even know. You, you made his name sound crazy. Yes, Coach K. Can't get your break around here. How does anyone pronounce <laughs> a name like that? He should, he should change his name years ago. I would not be able to pronounce if I hadn't heard it so many times. Reading yeah. it, there's no way I could do it. So I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, he is leaving. He's done. He is checking out. So what does that mean for Duke? Is Duke he's, reti- he's retiring. He's not checking yeah. out. He's done. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, he's retiring. And he's doing one more year. So he's still coaching next year. Sure. But I mean, so what I does say- that mean for Duke? Like, what are they going to do, Mark? Well, I mean, they already got their next coach in waiting, um, but I mean, he's a great coach. I think it's hard to replace somebody like that. I was actually secretly scared. So the jazz coach went to Duke, was one of his favorite players. I was secretly scared that he was going to take that job when Coach Sheffy left because like, but he obviously is happy with the jazz and it's, he's making a lot more money. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's, he's one of the greatest coaches, maybe the greatest coach in history in college basketball history, certainly top five or six. Um, so it's going to be a big loss for Duke and it'll be interesting to see how good they are in the future. Now, They've not been quite as good. But, I mean, when you think – and I know you're not a huge basketball fan, but when you think of, like, college basketball, Duke's probably the first thing that comes to mind for you, right? Yeah. At least one of the – so it's it's interesting to see if they'll stay in that kind of conversation or they'll go down without him there. Yeah, no, I agree. We'll see. I just – I that's the only thing I know about basketball ever is that he's retiring. So I feel like I had to bring it up. I used to love him, but he, he's gotten kind of woke recently. So I'm not as into that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and I mean okay. I think that yes, I mean he's still better than a lot, but I mean he, he has gotten a little bit woke and um it, it's time for him to go too. I feel like he's kind of at the point where like he can't connect with the players the way he used to. There's a lot of people going to Duke for one year and then leaving to go to the NBA. So and they used to, they, they used to be a program where like people stay four years and it's just not that way anymore. So I just feel like he's kind of out of his element and would just rather retire. Time to go, time yep. to go. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is I saw a really funny meme online the other day that said guys talking about cryptocurrency is the equivalent of women talking about essential oils and how annoying it is and honestly and I know I'm going to trigger some people but not me thankfully it's the nail on the head now I have nothing against cryptocurrency nothing at all whatsoever I think it's great and I've been reading a lot of articles on medium that are saying that it's on its way out whatever but (laughs) the way that advocates for crypto talk about it is like the way that the MLM women on on Facebook talk about their essential oils. What is what is MLM? I don't know that. Like multi-level marketing like the, Oh, okay, okay, okay. All the essential oils. It's like the same thing. It's with the same passion that's completely lost on me. 
Mark, how, how do you feel? about? <laughs> yeah. So I, I do mostly agree. And so it was funny, Ron Schultz that works is a huge crypto person. I know. I bet he can hear um, me right now. Oh, good. So, so I didn't really, I didn't really know that. I like brought up something one day to Ron and it was like a, I've never seen the man so passionate about something. It's 30 minutes talking about all these things and all these, and I will say, this was one thing that I did like 10 months ago or 11 months ago, kind of when that whole AMC, whenever that whole AMC thing happened, I said, Ron, I want to buy this Dogecoin thing. Where do I get it? And like, he's like, oh, it's a joke. And then it went up like a thousand, like a thousand, 1200% after that. And I'm still mad at Ron for telling me it's a joke. Cause I didn't try. I'm like, oh, well, if Ron says I'm not going to try any harder to get it. And then it skyrocketed. Um, so yeah, so no, but I, I do feel like they, they love it. And I feel like every, and again, not to be insulting to the crypto people, every crypto person you talk to is like automatically on the defensive. It feels like, like, Oh no, this is the greatest thing ever. If you even ask a question, it's like, you're, it's like, you're talking trash on their child. <laughs> like it feels that way. <laughs> um, and I, I do think it's like, I actually had a little bit of Bitcoin, Susanna's Bitcoin, but like there's the people kind of like passively like, and that's like, Oh, I'll throw a little money. I don't think it's anything that happened. And there's the big crypto people, which you agree, mostly libertarians. Oh, absolutely. Because it's anti-government. It's like Ron, uh, Ron Swanson burying gold in the backyard. That's what crypto feels like to me. <laughs> well, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Because a lot of it is people who don't trust the U.S. dollar, which I'm like, that makes sense. And, and I get what you're doing, but it's like, these people love it. And, and it, it's hard to like, and if you say anything negative about it, man, they will, they will go down your throat. I know. I wonder what it is about crypto that makes people, you're either a hundred percent for it or you're like agnostic about it like i don't really know what it what it is about it but people yeah there's not a lot of people hate it but they act like everyone hates it. it's like most people either don't know or don't care is it like a is it culty do we know if it's culty because you know i love a cult it's probably too many people to be a cult like like uh, like and the thing is like there is i get it like there's something behind it. it's not like you know like worshiping some I don't know, SUV or something, which like cult people can do, but it's like, there is something behind it. And I really do get it. But the, the people who love it, man, it's like, it feels like you made a your mother joke to them if you say anything bad about them because they get so angry. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a supporter of the blockchain technology stuff. Me too. Like putting trust in the community and the market and whatever. Like I'm a fan of that. But the whole crypto thing, it's going to take me a little bit longer to really get to that. And I don't even know if I'm capable of getting to that level. It, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of research, but if you ask anybody about that, who's into crypto, they'll give you a five hour like lecture and you might be at that level at that point. They love talking about it and explaining it, but I, I think it's actually a good thing. And, I, and I've, I've been doing, like, I like to even pay for some stuff on there. Like I've been buying, you know what NFTs are? I forget. I don't know. Non-fungible tokens. Oh, well, I'm sure Ron knows about that, but you basically like basketball cards, but they were like, um, actual live things, but there's only so many of them. It's interesting. And I've done it. I've actually Harry paid like Potter. 50 What was that? Sounds like Harry Potter. Like what? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, but yeah, there's like no actual value in it. They're just basketball cards. They're moments from basketball games and they only create so many of them and you can buy and sell them. Um, huh. but, and the NFTs, like some of the memes that you know, like the disaster girl, I saw she sold her NFT for like $750,000, like that meme. So basically she owns it. She can sell the rights of it to somebody. So it's like patents, but new? Kind of like online patent. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much your trademark or like, and you can sell it. Yeah, pretty, and you own that. So like other people can't use it without your permission. So it's kind of cool. Um, and I think I'm kind of where, I'm actually more into it than normal people. Like I'm nowhere near those crypto people. So like, I think I'm just a normal amount into it, but I think crypto is great. I think it's a positive thing overall. Sure. I think until the US government regulates it, which they've already kind of started to do. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but it's but the people for it. I mean, it's like it's one of those or, or like whatever you, you know those shows. Game of Thrones the same way. I'm sorry, those people are crazy. Like if you talk about Game of Thrones and you say you don't love it, they they want to like bite your head off. Like it's the greatest show of all time. It's the greatest. I know they're like, oh man, you must not you must not get it. It's like no, I get it. It's just like I tried to watch it twice and I couldn't get through it. Like it I is never watched One Tree Hill. Like come on, people. <laughs> There we go. Finally, something we agree on. <laughs> like all you Game of Thrones people, give One Tree Hill a chance, and then tell me. Yeah, they and they chance. both have three like the three letter acronym O T H G O T, right? So yeah, yes. I, go yeah, ahead. It is head. much better. I I don't get that. Or like Breaking Bad, or like when I, when I or Dave Matthews Band. Same. They're all the same people. Oh my gosh! It's <laughs> wait, Mark. It's all the same people. It's all the same people. Who I know like things that are objectively not good. <laughs> Okay, no, no, I'm not going to say that. Not I do a great day, Matthew. Not objectively not good, but something like people can clearly have a different opinion on you, but they act like you are Satan, like the devil incarnate if you don't agree with them. And then you must be the dumbest person in the world. It's like, there is this idea that you're welcome to have your whatever subjective opinions. There's no such thing, but like they act like it's objective. And if you don't agree with them, you're the dumbest people they know. Well, consider me dumb because I watched a few episodes of Game of Thrones and didn't like the nudity and fighting. Dave Matthews can't understand freaking word he says. And what was and the other also one? his voice isn't good. Right. And what was the other one you said? Um, I don't remember, but it was I'm sure it was good. Yeah, I'm sure it was good. Well, um, now that we have basically roasted probably half the people who Yeah, we should be, yeah, especially like this podcast is probably mostly towards libertarians. Probably not a great idea to hammer the crypto thing, but I think well, most people will agree on Dave Matthews or Game of Thrones. So I feel like so, like there's gonna be people on our side for some of them. And it's and to be fair, we're not anti-crypto. No, we're just not i just have other interests i have other interests yeah yeah and i'm not anti-game of thrones it's just bad and i don't want to watch it <laughs> but other people have the option to do that let's mic drop it on that <laughs> and uh call it a week and next week you will be seeing us podcasting from the mountains in gatlinburg so yeah assuming just lets us do because we talk talk trash on dave matthews i don't think he'll like that <laughs> maybe he won't listen this week fingers crossed sorry <laughs> <laughs> see y'all next week